Welcome to the Linsanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Shabby Sanity. I am back in the chair after feeling ill last week. Caleb carried the uh, the burden of the divisional pods uh, last week for me, but I am back and better than ever. And when I mean better than ever, I mean without Caleb Lynn this week, because anytime we can get Caleb Lynn off the pod, it is a great week. And anytime I can bring in a more insightful guest, we'll do it. And... Wow. And tonight we're going to be talking about the NFC South. And let me tell you, folks, I'm not knowledge- as knowledgeable uh, about this division as my guest. Uh, this division gets no respect year after year. So I, that can only mean one thing. I have to bring in the small market king, Devin Voss, to talk <laughs> about this division. Forgotten teams, that is his forte. Devin Voss, welcome into the show. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, for, for being someone who's a fan of a team in, in the NFC South, uh, you know, I, I, the NFC South doesn't get enough credit because there for a minute, like we were like one of the best, best in the league. And then we've kind of free fell from there. So you, and, and Devin, you are the only second Carolina Panthers fan that I've met in my entire life, which, which is probably way more than anyone in Indiana has ever met. Uh, I mean, to find two, I used to work with one at Best Buy. He was a big Cam fan. Yeah. Um, and then, and then of course yourself. So I, I feel very lucky uh, to know two at least, and one that I keep in touch with and I can get the low down on the NFC South. But before we get, we dive into the division tonight, I want to deal with a little bit of NFL news uh, some recent news. And I want to start with this. Uh, we got the announcement this afternoon that wide receiver Corey Davis, uh, who is uh, slated to be wide receiver number three for the Jets. There were talks of cutting him. I don't know where that came from, uh, but announced his retirement this afternoon, uh, leaving the Jets now kind of kind of thin at wide receiver. Uh, but Devin, I wanted to get your thoughts on his retirement, obviously kind of an early retirement for him. And where does this leave the Jets receiving core? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think oh, we'll just start. I think the Jets receiving core, I think it'll be just fine. Uh, you know, obviously it does blow base close to the start of the season to have your number three uh, just kind of walk away like that. But um, I think they have enough talent, top two, to be able to kind of make up for that. But, uh, you know, coming in, to the league, you know, I was I was a fairly decent believer of Corey Davis. I mean, I thought he had all the intangibles. Of course, as a group of five favorite, uh, you know, I, I did like what I saw, like what I saw at Western Michigan. So uh, maybe I was a little bit biased. Uh, unfortunate, his career didn't pan out the way that you know, many expected it to be. But um, you never want to see somebody retire this early, especially you know when they can still get a roster spot in the league. So um, if it for whatever reason it was, um, at least I'm, I'm happy that he was able to, you know, make that decision for himself and do what he feels is best. Yeah, it's it's so odd. Uh, you know, top 10 pick, we kind of I kind of felt like me and Zach were talking about this today in our office. Kind of felt like he was maybe turning the corner that last season in Tennessee. And then they decide, you know, the Jets threw him the bag and yeah, never really hand out, never really broke out. And we thought, you know, maybe with Aaron Rodgers, there's a chance that, you know, he has a really productive season. And then he announces this, Hey man, respect. Uh, I just read a stat on Twitter that he made $52 million during his time in the NFL. And then he bounced, uh, respect. Yeah, respect. yeah man. Uh, great payday. He'll be set for the rest of his life. His kids will be set for the rest of, his, of their lives. Good for him, man. Good for him. Um, at least more questions for the Jets outside of their offensive line now. Uh, you know, if, if Garrett Wilson goes down, you're now throwing to Alan Lazard and Nicole Hardman. Yeah. Could be better. A, Could and be Randall Cobb, who's hey, sitting in that roster spot. Man, Aaron Rodgers, you know, totally the king of shitty wide receiving courts. It is true. It is true. But, but let's give some credit, though. I mean, he has played with really good ones at the same time, though. Yeah, earlier, earlier in his career, of course. Yes. 
So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But respect to Corey Davis. I want to turn my attention to this, Devin. This has been the the big news, kind of the talk of the NFL world. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, we got a little more insight on how his trade search is going. Uh, we now know the Colts have given him the deadline of Tuesday to find a trade partner. Uh, and that that entails not only finding a trade partner that is good for the Colts to get best deal, but also somebody that's willing to pay him uh, what he's looking for. So we know that two teams have made an offer. We know that I believe it's now up to six, possibly seven teams have contacted the Colts about Jonathan Taylor. Devin, do you think he's getting <laughs> traded? If you think he's getting traded, where do you think he's going? Uh, if you want me to be honest with you, I was actually kind of shocked by the very short deadline. I think that kind of really limits things, or maybe it pushes a deal to, to happen or accelerate faster. Uh, but that deadline really did shock me because, you know, obviously we still got at least two weeks, three weeks, technically, no, two weeks until the start of the season. So, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense on the Colts front. They want to go into it, you know, with a full fledged plan. But, uh, you know, I think this whole situation is quite puzzling. Uh, you know, obviously this started in the off season and has transpired to this point is very unfortunate. I feel like, you know, I feel like Indianapolis, at a certain point was blindsided by it. I don't necessarily blame them. Um, and to to his front, I don't blame him either. I do think he's asking for too much, but uh, overall, it's it's just an odd situation. Um, but, you know, with three teams or potentially two teams already offering deals, I mean, this seems like something that could definitely happen You know, by that 28th deadline. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, there's a lot of teams linked. Uh, our good friend Dove Kleiman, the plagiarizer from other sources, has now been duped by Evan Massey, <laughs> who gets every freaking thing wrong. Why? Why does I don't know why Dove would even think like think about this logically, Dove. And you'll probably never hear this. I hope you do. But logically, think about this. Do the Eagles really need to go get Jonathan Taylor with DeAndre Swift? With Rashad Penny, with Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell on your roster, I don't think so. Like I just, I just don't see it, man. But congrats on getting fooled by Evan Massey, who gets every freaking thing wrong uh, possible. NFL and basketball, by the way, I think he's been once like he's been right like once, and that's like his pin tweet on his on his. Page. So like, congrats Evan Massey for making it to Duff Kleiman's page. Um, but I mean, as far as this goes, I mean, I hate to see this. I, I really do because all signs pointed toward Ballard wanting to keep Jonathan Taylor Colt. And then, uh, it, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's camp kind of pulled this out of nowhere with JT switching agents, um, kind of forcing the issue. And again, I just don't believe that this is, this is Jonathan Taylor himself. Uh, like I said, I've talked to Jonathan Taylor before, like in a casual setting, not in a, a professional setting. And he is literally like one of the nicest dudes. Yeah. I, I just, I just don't understand it. Like he's just demanding this money, demanding a trade. Like it just seems very off, very odd. Uh, if he goes, I'm sad, but if we get a heck of a deal for him, I mean, we have to take it. Business yeah. is business at the end of the day. And so, you know, just to kind of add to that, you know, especially adding into like the collegiate aspect, like he was never somebody that like, was loud about anything. Like he put his head down. He did the work. Uh, you know, he came an all-time great at Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. and came into the draft also fairly quiet. Everybody knew, you know, he was super talented. Never really heard a peep from him about it. He was just grateful to, you know, even be here. So it is really interesting that type of switch that happened. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about professional setting, I mean, I was there when uh, when they lost the Big Ten championship game. Uh, to Ohio State and Justin Fields in that second half comeback where he had an outstanding first half. I think he had over 100 yards, a couple touchdowns for that game. And I mean, he he came out here and he answered every single one of those questions at the podium after the game. I mean, just an unbelievable professional. This is just totally out of character. And it's sad to see, honestly. But it's something to keep an eye on as we transition to the beginning of the NFC South. And uh, Voss, I have a theme to all these previews so far this year. Whoever is on, uh, you know, especially if that's their division, their team is in that division. 
I make them all wait to talk about their team to the very end. Oh, that's fair. And that is not changing tonight. That's fun. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Panthers last. We're actually going to go the complete opposite direction. And we're going to go down to Tampa Bay. And we're (laughs) going to start there. Tampa Bay, uh, just to recap their offseason, they brought in Baker Mayfield, who was just named starter this week. So this is very timely. This worked out perfectly, actually. Yes, that is true. Um, they, uh, they added Matt Filer, uh, Chase Edmonds, Ryan Neal from the Seahawks, Greg Gaines from the Rams. And then they, uh, drafted Cody Mosh. Uh, I think Devin's probably a big fan of, uh, as far as small college football teams go and Kalijah Kansi, uh, for that, for that D lineman, key departures. I mean, you could go all day, Tom Brady, Shaq Mason, Donovan Smith, Akeem Hicks, uh, playoff Lenny, Julio Jones, uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, Keanu Neal, Logan Ryan, Mike Edwards, all gone. This team has been dismantled for the most part, um, especially on the offensive line and, you know, some places in the defense there. Uh, so I got to start with you, Devin. How do you feel about this Tampa roster? What do you think? Uh, let me hear your thoughts. Um. My honest, humble opinion is this roster is a complete crapshoot. And I am so fortunate, so fortunate that the Panthers can slide worse than the division off of their backs now and translate it to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who obviously for a very long time were kind of a laughing stock before, you know, after they won their Super Bowl uh, in 2002 or whatever year it was. Became a laughing stock for forever. And then Tom Brady came, changed everything temporarily. And now they're back to where they were. So, you know, that, that part feels good. No, but in an actual uh, realistic analysis here, um, Baker Mayfield, that's, you know, if you're, if you're going into the season naming him your starter, uh, never a good sign. Uh, never a good sign. Uh, no. Coming from a Panthers fan, never a good sign. Uh, <laughs> And the running back situation is terrible. Just absolutely god awful. Really, the other shot white guy. I'm not feeling it, dude. Okay, I'm just not feeling. Not with not with the rest of the offense. Not with the rest of the offense. Uh, Because I feel like the only thing they got going for him, which is the only thing they've had going for him for like what ten years now, is a wide receiving position. Uh, Their defense was great, but now you know, kind of got diminished a little bit. I still think that's going to be their strong front. I think that's what they're going to have to lean on. Um, I think in the right setting, uh, Baker can, and I mean can, uh, produce if the defense plays at a very high level. Uh, but overall, I think it'll be an interesting thing to watch. I don't think they'll be very good. Yeah, this is, this roster is... Um, bare, I, I'm very low on this roster. Like I think it was... I think it was Carlton Davis who said that, you know, they're going to be, they expect to be just as good. Uh, and it, it's just, it's just laughable. man. Oh. It's just laughable. Like, like you can't honestly look me in the face. You are going from Tom Brady. Okay. Even old man Brady, right. Yep. To Baker Mayfield. Yeah. That, that you, you didn't even know who was going to start. Until yeah. This between week. Kyle Trask. It gives Kyle Trask. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just laughable, dude. It's laughable. And I feel bad for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, uh, you know, both who have battled injuries like throughout their career. And now, in my opinion, this is going to be the year that they have to work the most. Like Mike Evans can't just run his little red zone routes and catch touchdowns like all season. And that, you know, that's all he does. I know that he has this thousand yard streak gut feeling. It ends this year. I don't know about you. I, I, I think it ends. It's very possible. I, you know, honestly, and with what we've seen from Baker, we don't even know if he's going to finish the season as a starter, honestly. Like, at what point, yeah. if Baker's struggling, at what point are the, are the Bucks just going to say, screw it, just throw the young guy in and just see what he can do? Yeah, I mean, see what he can do. <laughs> it's bound to happen. It's really bound to happen. I agree with you. I agree. And, and the, the offensive line, losing Donovan Smith and Shaq Mason. Huge. I, yeah, I mean, like, listen, Wirfs is legit. Brian Jensen, legit. But, I mean, Matt Filer is is kind of an older vet. I mean, he's 31 years old now. Um, you know, I, I love Cody Mosh. I love him. 
that dude embodies offensive line. Just look at a picture of him. Fair. And you're like, I don't, I don't want to go up <laughs> against him. I just don't. I flat out don't. And then Luke Goatke, I, I sure. Uh, round, second round pick 2022. I guess you expect him to be good. They have his position originally listed as a guard and they have him at right tackle. That's not going to go well. No, no. And it never usually does. No, this is bad. This, this is flat out awful. Um, An O-line reconstruction with Baker Mayfield, another guy who's battled injuries. Yeah. I I just can't see it. Byron Leftwich has his work cut out for him. If he, if if he truly, we're talking about a guy who was a head coaching candidate not too long ago. Right. If yep. you really want to be a head coach, you prove it this year. If yeah. you can do something with this, I absolutely you get hired as a head coach. But I just <laughs> I just don't see it. I don't see it. But I mean, looking at the defense, though, I, I'm I still like this. De- this defense still has pieces. It's, it's de- yes, it, it's good. I, I think it was, was that uh, I, one of their linebackers had requested a trade earlier in the uh Earlier in the the off season, I'm trying to remember which one it was. I always get all of them confused. Um, it was Devin White. I believe. It was. Uh, yes, it was Devin White. It was Devin White. August, uh, or it was early. Yeah, earlier in this off season, he requested a trade. Decided to rescind that and stay with the Buccaneers. I'm honestly shocked because I totally get why he would have requested a trade. But, I mean, this linebacking core is still legit. I mean, Devin White, Levante David, and Shaq Barrett. I mean, one of the best linebacking cores in the oh, NFL. Yes. With Vita Vea. And you still have Antoine Winfield Jr., you know, in the secondary. I don't know. I, this defense could be good, maybe. I, and they're definitely going to need it. I mean, how do you feel about that, Devin? How do you feel about their D? No, I, I totally agree with you. I, that was like, that's the one thing for this, you know, this team that I feel stands out. And I mean, really, it's not a shock, you know, like this is outside of a few pieces. Like this is mainly the same defense that carry them to Super Bowl. Um, so like, you know, looking at it, I, I feel like it's still a good defensive roster. And like, um, you know, I can't, I can't expect them to work miracles here. I mean, they're working with, you know, a not so great offense, but, um, you know, I think in, it's at least in the cards that, you know, if, if the bucks are able to actually get some success, it's going to be because of the defense. Um, and it's going to have to be because of the defense, but there's really no other way around it. Um, and I feel like that's kind of, the, kind of the main point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything's going to have to come for the. That's the bright spot on the, on this uh, on this team because this offense is is just flat out hideous, flat out hideous. And you know, I got to throw this in because it's like um, it's it's a Colts Colts fan Twilight Zone. So they uh, <laughs> the Bucks were having a kicking competition between Chase McLaughlin and and uh, Rodrigo, uh, yeah, Hot Rod, yep. and I. <laughs> Yep. And I'm just thinking, been there, done that. I, yep. I get it. I get it. You have to choose the, you know, the better two. And McLaughlin was actually solid for us. Uh, so I, I'm happy that he got a job. He get, he's got a solid job now in, in uh, Tampa Bay. But I just don't know how often he's going to be out there kicking. I just, I don't know. That but it too. was just funny. It was just so funny to to look at that. And I, I had to mention it because it's just. Uh, how far we've come. Now we pay Matt Gay so much money and he goes out there and first kick of the year shanks a 28 yard field goal. So we're still in kicking hell. And it is what it is, man. I don't, I don't even know what to do about that. It just, just pain, just, just flat out pain, Devin. I, no, it's, it's fair. I mean, I, I was honestly shocked when, when like they booted McLaughlin because like, he was actually he's still a decent. kicker for you yeah, guys. He was yeah. yeah, he was. He was. I think I even had him at fantasy at one point. He was doing good. <laughs> like I was like, all right, I, I'm digging this. Like he's not too bad. And then you know, they gave him the boot. So I was just okay. Whatever. Well, because we had Matt Gay who shanks 28 yeah. yards now. Yeah. So we're good. We're good to go. Okay. Before we transition, I just came across a tweet from Destin Adams. 
Um, so I, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Devin, but he is a Colts beat writer. He um, was on he was on the blue. I think it was called the Blue Horseshoe. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, now he is uh, the beat writer for A to Z Sports. And this was 26 minutes ago. Uh, going back uh, here in a minute, he tweeted this. Contrary to some reporting, I'm being told that the Philadelphia Eagles have not reached out inquiring about Jonathan Taylor at this time. I appreciate guys like Destin Adams to expose the Evan Masseys of the world. Just still laughable. I'm still on it. It it just frustrates me. In fact, I might go back to his uh, to Massey's page and once again, tweet uh, just wrong underneath that uh, (laughs) as I did the last time I did that. So I just had to clean that up just for the listeners at home, just so they know Philly's not in the mix. But uh, let's talk about it. the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons yeah. kind of getting a little bit of buzz. Um, yep. And I know Vegas likes likes Atlanta, which I'm kind of shocked yep. by. Uh, but to recap their offseason, uh, they uh, give a prove-it deal to Bud Dupree. Uh, I think they get a huge signing with Jesse Bates, the third over there um, to be their safety. Uh, they signed Johnny Smith, who was basically an extra blocker. Uh, David Onyemata from the Saints, which I actually like that. I think that's a sneaky pickup. I know he just got suspended, uh, but I think that could that could really help their D-line. Um, Jeff Okuda, uh, OH, baby. He's now on his second yep. team. Uh, he got hurt this week, but it sounds like he's going to be okay. Um, and then they signed, shockingly, Calais Campbell, a kind of shocking signing that he chose them. Uh, and then they draft the Holy Grail, Devin, and I know you love him. I know you love him. Bijan Robinson, baby. I know I'm excited to watch him. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they have finally got off the Marcus Mariota train. Uh, Casey Hayward, Rashawn Evans, both gone as well. Michael Walker signed with the Bears, which I like Michael Walker. He's a good young player. Um, but that is their offseason. Again, Bijan Robinson being the holy grail of this offense. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you think, Foss? What do you think about the Atlanta Falcons, man? I'm not going to lie. I like it. Uh, I like the moves they made this offseason. Um, you know, the the receiving core still isn't like solid. I mean, uh, Drake London's a good, good young star to kind of lead that group. Uh, Mac Collins, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Did you see how I will? He, looks? he is jacked. He I will give him jacked. the benefit of the doubt. I absolutely will. Yes. Uh, you know, obviously he had a, he had a pretty solid year last year uh, for the Raiders. Um, really good utility piece. Uh, good hands. Uh, really not that bad of a pickup. Kind of underrated, under the radar type of guy. Um, and of course, Kyle Pitts. Uh, this really, funny. you know, obviously he depends on Art Smith, you know, on a weekly basis. Uh, what What is going on there? I don't know. I don't even think Art Smith knows how to use this man at all. Like, <laughs> it, it just, it doesn't even make sense. Like, just, mm-hmm. I, I want to just scream at him. Like, put him on the outside and let him gronk everybody. Okay? Like, Absolutely. what is so hard about this? <laughs> Anyways, um, to, to get into the, you know, to the Falcons, though, um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed this offseason. Um, you know, I, I think Robinson obviously is is a great fit. I mean, he was going to elevate whatever team he was going to. He was going to elevate it. Um, everybody is kind of being a little high on him in fantasy. I'm tapering my expectations. He's still a rookie. Uh, you never know with rookie running backs how that's going to be in fantasy. So that's just my personal opinion. I had tons of people drafting him in the first round. I still think it's insane to draft a rookie in the first round, personally, but oh, that's just me. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, it's going to happen. I get it. You know, it, it's a perfect fit. Falcons are a run-heavy team. They're a run-first team. It makes sense. I get it. It could be incredible pick, or it could be a decent pick. That's just my opinion. Whatever. Uh, but as far as, like, the quarterback situation, I think it's nice to give Ritter a chance. Um, he showed promising things, in my opinion, last year. Uh, at the end of the year, I mean, he, he didn't make very many mistakes and he also played pretty well. He threw pretty well too. So, uh, good system for him to play in for sure. Um, and getting that kind of reserve type player and Taylor, 
you know, obviously Taylor's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but if he's needed, he can come in and, do, you know, do what you got to do. Um, and as far as the defense goes, I mean, yeah, this was notably one of the worst defenses for a long time. And I think they're finally <laughs> starting to get their feet uh, a little bit planted now. Um, and uh, as you said, Jesse Bates was incredible pickup. That man is very talented in the backfield. Um, and I really do like their secondary now. Uh, they, they've got a really firm secondary. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, I mean, but it all, it all hinges, it all hinges on two things. One, can Arthur Smith finally be freaking creative with his offense and all these <laughs> weapons and can Desmond Ritter play? Yeah. I, th- I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, Atlanta has been ridiculed. This is three years in a row that they've had a top 10 pick and they have taken an offensive skill position. Fair. And it, it's, it, it's time to put up or shut up, especially with Kyle Pitts. I mean, the dudes, it, there's no doubt that he's talented. I don't think he sucks. I think he's a very talented player. But to your point, they're not using him right. Arthur Smith came from the Titans where it was a Derrick Henry run offense. That's what it was, flat out. They had A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, and they still elected to use Derrick Henry over those two guys. <laughs> Every single time. And, and now they get Bijan Robinson, like I said, the holy grail of them. Uh, of you know the best running back on the board they took him early kind of in a, a shocking move and I, I i've heard this take like all right this draft pick was to see if desmond ritter can truly play because he's got the weapons it's he needs to put up or shut up or we're going to move off you as well and i think that's partly true is it entirely fair maybe maybe not but it, but Ritter does need to show something in this season. They need to win some games. This this division is a is a little bit down. I it is weaker, if you will. But there are still some some decent roster constructions in this division. So yeah. they they need to find out really quick whether he can play or not. And yeah. back to Bijan, Devin, you'll you'll have a cow. Then I sent Zach a TikTok today. There was a guy that took Bijan Robinson. First overall. Yikes. Oh my First goodness. First overall. And you should have seen how fast the next guy clicked Justin Jefferson. Oh it my was, it was gosh. immediate, immediate. Uh, another funny <coughs> Bijan fantasy story. These guys were doing a live, a on offline live draft. They were all at the house in a pool drafting. This guy said Brian Robinson instead of Bijan Robinson in the first oh. round. Congratulations, you got Brian Robinson Jr. in the first oh, round. No. <laughs> oh, no. I think that's hilarious. No. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Oh. But I love Drake London. I thought he had a really good rookie season. Uh, and you you have these complimenting wide receivers. You have Matt Collins, who, you know, was, uh, like you said, good for the Raiders. Um, and Scotty Miller, a guy who can take the top off the defense. I'm not in love with the wide receiving core, but it's I've seen worse. Yeah. I've definitely yeah. seen worse. <laughs> the Packers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, the Packers. Yes. And why J.J. Arcega-Whiteside still has a roster spot in the NFL in general, I have no idea, but I just <laughs> need to throw that in real quick. Uh, and I think this offensive line is is – I think it's solid. I think it really is like Jake Matthews, Lindstrom and McGarry are solid. They draft Matthew Bergeron um, out of Syracuse. Uh, You know, I think that's a, I think that's a good pick. I mean, guards, you can kind of plug and play with guards for the most part. Um, So, I mean, even if he's, you know, halfway decent, I think that's fine. I mean, Ritter and, you know, Ritter slash Heineke, they're both mobile. So as long as most of that line holds up, I think that you might be able to do something. I really do. So, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, do you know how much do you know about Matthew Bergeron? Did you watch much Syracuse last year? Honestly, no, I, I didn't watch much Syracuse. And if I and if I was, I wasn't paying attention to the O-line. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, totally unfortunately. Fair. totally fair. I understand that. Uh, how do you feel about Bijan Rookie of the Year? He has the best odds right now at plus 300. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I see your favorite. Is is that your prediction? He he wins it. I think, I think it's very much in the works. Um, He's definitely the most 
he's definitely the most talented, I, I'd say, of the at least of the you know day one starters um, offensively. I mean, he's gonna get the probably the largest workload, honestly. Um, I think a lot of it also depends on if these some of these QBs show out too. Um, yeah, it's not really a guarantee. I'm not very sure if that would happen, but I would I would say Bijan probably should rightfully have the the highest odds. He can have highest odds, but let me tell you, Anthony Richardson is winning it, baby. Okay. It's a done deal. It's a done All deal, right. boss. You should just put money on it now. I don't know if you're a gambling man, but you should. Oh boy, I feel like the first game you guys are going to be really depressed. No, boss. not, not, I'm not, not be because depressed. Anthony's not good, but because it's going to be rough. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm not going to be depressed because we're we're going to we're going to the first game. We're going to the home opener. And All I'm right. telling you, I told you, I, I told Zach this. We are beating the Jacksonville Jaguars week one. It is happening. And I don't want to hear any of you. I will. I'm going to find Caleb Lynn, who's going to be in another seat elsewhere in the stadium. I will find him. <laughs> and I will rub it in his face. And Voss, it sounds like I need to shove it to you too. And Zach Griffith, Zach Griffith is also not allowed to root for the Colts because he's sleeping on the Colts and Anthony Richardson in week one. So apparently I'm the only one of the group that believes that the Colts can win and will win. So I don't want to hear from any of you. Look, when we all I'm them. saying is, and I know this is, this is very off topic for the NFC South, but yeah, all I'm saying is that I think by the end of the year, he will be a much finer piece than what he will be in week one. I think week one is going to be a really rough game. He's probably going to have to rely on his legs a lot. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to watching it. And that's all I get in this damn market. Uh, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, I just, I'm not going into very high expectations yet. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, we'll we'll revisit this, boss. We'll revisit this. Okay, let's shift to the Falcons' defense then. Uh, they they got Calais Campbell, who's on the tail end of his career, no doubt. He is thirty six years old, still going strong. Thirty six. You know, every time I see Calais get signed, I'm like, how is he still in the league? Dude, like, he's so productive. He's just productive, man. I mean, it's like, just... what was it like? I, was I playing with Calais and Madden 08 at this point when I was a kid? Like, that's what it feels like. Probably. My goodness. I mean, he had, with, with Baltimore last, last season, he played 14 games. Uh, he had five and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. I mean, for a 35-year-old. Yeah. I mean, you can't expect anything, you know, more out of him. I mean, the fact he's still freaking 300 pounds, man. I feel like at that age, Killing you just want to give it up. No, man, killing it. I love it. I love it. I love the fire. I love the passion. Then they also signed Onyemata, um, who's going to be suspended uh, for the first few games. Uh, I believe he was on performance-enhancing drugs. I think that's pretty good. And then they still have Grady Jarrett. So I I like this D-line. I like like the secondary with Terrell, Bates, and Okuda. Terrell is one of the most underrated corners in the game, no doubt about it. Yeah, I agree with that. But then this linebacking core is just god awful. Yeah, it's rough. It's, it's really rough. It is terrible. <laughs> uh, you know, they it's just flat out terrible. I, I think ooh. that they get better. Uh, what are your thoughts on the defense? I, overall, I, uh, I, I'd say over in. I would argue, you know, it depends on the team whether the linebacking core is as important. It really does depend on the team because if you're playing on a team or if you're using a team like the Colts, for example, the linebacking core is absolutely important. But, you know, some teams can get away with having the level linebackers. Um, so I'm curious to see if that actually plays out with this team. But it, it is, you know, kind of important to have at least one fairly decent linebacker. and None of these linebackers stand out. <laughs> Literally none of them. Um, but hey, a uh, shout out to... <laughs> Kimoko Ture, uh, who's also on this <laughs> roster. Former Colt. Former Colt. Uh, but anyways, I, I think, you know, if if the linebacking core is able to at least give some decent production, um, I think the old or the D-line, um, I think that kind of saves the day uh, because if they're able to generate pressure, uh, that ultimately, you know, leads to the secondary being able to 
to kind of creep up and put some, you know, extra pressure on stuff, um, which is, you know, where you get the big time interceptions and um, everything else good with the secondary. So, um, yeah, I, I think it really depends on kind of that, that front line, um, whether they can produce results. And, you know, they've really invested in that, you know, in the third, third round, they got Zach Harrison from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, they're able to, you know, add to already, already talented defensive line. So um, I think it's, I think it's a pretty, I think they'll, they're a middle, middle tier defense, I'd say. I'd say I they'd be so. a middle tier defense. I think they'd be enough to, if, if everything went right for the Atlanta Falcons, I feel like they would be able to maybe produce like a, a winning record. I'd say like nine and eight. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, and you know, who knows? That could be enough to win the division too. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly on the table. I think they have a chance at the playoffs. I'm not. I wouldn't bet on it. No, but, I, I mean, they they have a chance to do it if they if they catch some some momentum. Uh, that offense really is humming. There's a chance they have a a pretty good opportunity here. I I'd like to see them take advantage of it. Be a fun offense to watch. At least yeah. be like a fun Sunday ticket team or something. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's go to the New Orleans Saints, uh, which they've been very busy, yeah, uh, especially this offseason. So they bring in Derek Carr, uh, who the Raiders threw away like trash. Uh, <laughs> they signed Jamal Williams, 17 touchdown Jamal Williams. That's yep. going to be a trivia question uh, later in our life, uh, Voss, like when we're talking with our kids and they're going to be like, Dad, who is Jamal Williams and why do you have 17 touchdowns in 2022? <laughs> I'd be like, dude, they were all one yarders. That's about it. Like, I can't even can't even explain it to you. Uh, then they take flyers on Jonathan Abram and Jalen Smith, two guys that love to get hurt on defense. Yep. Uh, we'll see how that pans out. But I really like their draft. Uh, and I know I know Voss can speak to this. He watched the he's a big college football guy. Uh, Brian Brissy, which I think was a steal. Where they got him? Yeah, uh, they get your boy Isaiah Foskey, Huge. and uh, they get Kendra Miller from TCU, who might actually get some touches this year. Yeah, um, and they really didn't lose much. I mean, the, and where they lost it though kind of hurts. They lost on the D line uh, with Onyemata going to the Falcons, Marcus Davenport going to the Vikings, and then Shy Tuttle going to Voss's Panthers. Yep. So, how do we feel about the Saints this year? How do we feel about their roster? Uh, I, I think it's decent. I'm, I'm excited to talk about the defense with you. Uh, cause I, I, I'm very excited to talk to you about this. So, but give me your overall thoughts. Overall thoughts on the saints is I think, you know, all, all things go right. This is definitely the construction of a winning team. Uh, I, I do like the offense, um, whether, you know, you're a huge believer in Derek Carr or not, you know, with the weapons that he's been given. Um, I do think that, you know, this is totally a formidable offense. Um, not a whole lot of weaknesses from a skill standpoint. Um, somehow, some way, Taysom Hill will be returning, by the way. Um, you know, everybody loves Taysom Hill. Uh, you know, I'm sure by the time his contract ends, he'll sign another five-year, $2 million deal to, you know, set him off. But anyways, uh, you know, obviously you got Chris Olave. Uh, Kamara suspended temporarily, which is kind of a big reason why Williams comes in. Um, they also got Daryl Williams, the famous Bears running back. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, I, overall, I like this team. Um, you know, this is a very talented team. Uh, their defense is solid. Uh, you might as well, we might as well just start on the defense since you know you're excited about it. Uh, oh, man. This, this defense is, is a is a great team. I mean, you can't really complain about anything. They got oh. Pete Warner. They got Cameron Jordan. Uh, they got talent at all three levels. And that's exactly what you want in this league. And not to mention, you know, they really did well in the draft, uh, especially um, kind of up front. Um, so, yeah, what, what do you got to say about their defense? I, I don't use this term. I, and in fact, I hate this term. I really do, because everyone just says it about anything. It really upsets me. But I was looking at this, and this is the only thing that came to mind. It is full of dogs. <laughs> like, pure dogs. I mean, look at that linebacking core. Just from a college perspective, Devin. Oh, yeah. Pete Warner, 
and no. Zach Bond tackle machines for Demario Wisconsin, Davis. Ohio State. I mean, just yes, Tyron Matthew, another college stud. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, another college stud. I mean, just the these dogs. I mean, this linebacking core is is underrated, like wildly underrated. Yeah. Like just because they don't have like a massive name, like Demario Davis is a name. Oh yeah. Right? But I mean, you don't underestimate Bond and Werner. They are just ball hawks. And whoever is coming through that that offensive line, the hole in the offensive line, they will plug you, they will stick you. Like it, like they are no joke. Yeah. Big Ten football to you know come from defenses that you know, defensive teams or, or teams that really pride themselves on on defense. I mean, this defense is legit. Marshawn Lattimore, another guy that's starting to become underrated in the in the cornerback division. There, uh, Tyron Matthew can still. Pl- I mean, we know what what he can do. Yeah, he's just gonna break. Yeah. Yes, he's gonna he's gonna bring the wood. He's gonna bring the energy. And Cam Jordan, uh, still one of the best defensive ends in the league. Somehow, still going. Yeah, somehow. So I mean, you always think he's gonna take like a step back, and then like he just doesn't. He's thirty four, by the way. The old guys getting it done, old getting guy. it done. <laughs> and I, I mean, I can't think of anybody better to learn that Foskey and, and Bersi can can learn from. Yeah, and, and they're I mean, they're going to get some playing time. Yeah, I, I mean, not to mention either. Uh, you know, Shepard on the D line had a really really productive year last year. Uh, yeah. You know, fifty two total tackles, six sacks. Uh, so I mean, like as you kind of mentioned, you know, there's a lot of underrated talent on this defense. Yeah. In fact, I think, I think arguably it's the best defense in the division. Um, I I think it'd be one of the better ones in the, in the NFC, honestly. And I think that's, what's probably going to win them division, uh, win them the division. If if they, if they can win it, I think that that's really what's going to help them. Cause I think on, on offense, I think they're set, Um, you know, once Camara comes back, I mean, so he's out for the first few games. So you're going to get him fresh. Uh, you know, he Kamara kind of has some injuries here and there, some stuff that knocks him, but normally plays through it. Um, I think Jamal Williams is a fine fill-in for for three games. He's perfect, oh, um, yeah. especially if they want to run smash. I mean that that offensive line again. I like. I feel like all these units are like un, like underrated. Like this offensive line is underrated. Ramchek, Ruiz, McCoy, Pete. I mean, just no one talks about these guys, but they, they are just so good. And they have depth on the offensive line, too, if any of them go down. With Garcia and Throckmorton, Storm Norton, you know, those guys can fill in. Jaylen I'm not Smith. saying they're the best. Right. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I, I like this team. Like, this is my favorite in the division right here. Uh, I hope Michael Thomas can stay healthy. Uh, I do, too. You know, we know what he can do. You know, Olave, I think, is going to take a step. Uh, but a lot of it hinges on Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr sucks. I'll I put never it have. Way. I think yeah. I've always been Derek, on Derek Carr, the man has always been on the back end of terrible coaching. And it's really unfortunate. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think hopefully he had, I think he likes where he's at now. It's a fresh start. Um, Arguably, probably the best receiving core he's ever played with. Yeah, I mean, he's played I with mean, good receivers, but never like a core that's, you know, legitimized here. You know, probably the best offensive line he's been behind in a while. Better running backs. Yeah, the, no, the I stars agree. are starting I mean, to align. It's been a while for Derek Carr. I mean, <laughs> to be able to have this type of. Uh, I guess offensive talent surrounded surrounding him. Um, and you know, the last time he did, we all saw what he could do. Uh, it was good. Thanks. I mean, it, it is I, to me and you know, it, it is really telling to say Derek Carr's most productive years came under Jack Del Rio. And I think that's all you have to say. <laughs> that's literally all you have to say about his career because like, that is how screwed over I feel like he's gotten with the Raiders. But I respect him because, you know, he stayed loyal to him the whole time. And, yeah, you know, yeah. everybody, everybody was, you know, like, I mean, I feel like everybody kind of unanimously agreed he needed to get out of there. But I respect him for, for staying there and, you know, trying to ride it out. And I'm glad he's getting his fresh start. So hopefully, you know, it turns out really well for him. 
Yeah. And it's not like he wanted to leave it kind of, it sounds like he was kind of forced out. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they, they didn't want him to come back to the facility after they benched him. Um, and then they just, just cut him, just cut him. You cut Derek, cut Derek you Carr. cut him. Who once in a lifetime threw for 28 touchdowns and six interceptions. I mean, just, just cut. It's just unreal stuff. Unreal oh. stuff. Um, Taysom Hill got drafted in our fantasy draft last night. Oh no! <laughs> as a second tight, a second tight end, second a second tight, tight end. end, yeah, second tight end. What? Like Jawan Johnson's like still out on waivers. Who is the starting tight end? Taysom Hill should not be on any roster. He's on a roster, and it Unless wasn't an auto like draft 12, roster. Fourteen team league. Taysom Hill should not be on a roster. It was. Uh, I believe we had twelve. But well, even I still, mean, I would say you're pushing it with 12. Sam you're, Laporta you're... is still on. Oh, on my. I, I, if, that, if that gives you an answer, Juwan Johnson wasn't picked. I got no, no comment. I, there's, there's nothing to say. There's just, it's just inexcusable. You know, Taysom Hill's on him. Caleb Love also got drafted last night. Caleb. Or, okay. uh, uh, Jordan Love, Jordan, Jordan Love. Love, Caleb Love, UNC basketball. Okay, <laughs> Jordan Love got drafted Still. last night. Jordan Love, yikes! Yeah, I mean, as a second quarterback in a PPR league, I, I just terrible. Yeah, you I, must I, have high expectations. Yeah, clearly, clearly. Um, over under ten touchdowns for Jamal Williams this season. Over under ten touchdowns. I'm going with the over. Over. Yeah, I'll go with the over. Oh, interesting. I'll say he barely breaks it. Interesting, like 11? 11, 12. 11, 12? Something like that, yeah. I'm going to take the under, actually. I just I just don't see it, man. Like, that is... That is a... 17 is a lot. 17 is a lot, yeah. Uh, like, but, I mean, like... you Think of Kamara, like... He's never been, like, the, the bell cow towards, like, the end zone. I mean, he's always no. the receiving. So, I don't know if, like similar situation if they'll just throw in Williams and be like, hey, go do your thing. I don't know. Maybe. I, I would assume that's what they what they were expecting. I mean, because they've always had like, you know, like Mark Ingram or uh, you True. know, Latavius Murray, somebody yep. that's bigger. Uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Alvin Kamara's never rushed for a thousand yards. That, but he makes such a difference elsewhere. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Now but he's yeah, gone over is, a, uh, definitely over a thousand all-purpose. That's years. that is crazy fact, though. Yeah, never rushed. Closest he got nine thirty-two back in twenty twenty. Back and when Mark Ingram was still relevant too. Yeah, yeah. He, but he also, but Kamara actually rushed for sixteen touchdowns that year. Also, huh. so I mean, it's just Alvin Kamara's like career is like so weird because we think of him as a running back, but we don't think of him as like a you know one of the best rushers ever. Yeah, right, never, yeah. Never rush it's just wild. It's just I mean, wild you could, to me. You could you could argue the same thing for like Austin Eckler. I oh, mean, sure. You, you don't think of him as like the best rusher ever, but like the the amount of production that man gives to the Chargers is insane. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I think we we like the Saints a lot. So let's move on. Finally, we've made it, boss. We've made it to the end. <laughs> we've made it to your Carolina Panthers. So we let's have. recap this very busy offseason for them. Uh, they hire Frank Reich as the head coach. They sign the vet Adam Thielen on his last legs. Yep. Uh, Deion Jones, DJ Chark, who is injured today. Uh, prayers up for him. Uh, I heard it didn't look good. Uh, so I guess we'll wait and see. Unless uh, Has that come through, Devin? Do we know what's up with Chark? I haven't seen any updates. Okay. Okay. Disappointing. Um, it is disappointing because I, I like DJ Chark a lot. I thought he had a nice season for the Lions. Kind of disappointed he didn't re-sign with the Lions, but I understand why he went to the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, Von Bell uh, from the Bengals. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, Hayden Hurst, Justin Houston, another old another old defensive end getting done. Uh, Shy Tuttle and Miles Sanders, thousand yard rusher from last season with the Eagles. And then they draft the quarterback of the future, Bryce oh, Young, future. and uh, maybe the wide receiver of the future, Jonathan Minka. Uh, yeah. But they did lose some guys. They did lose some guys. Uh, DJ Moore no longer, uh, you know, with the team, traded it for the number one pick uh, to the Bears. 
Sam Darnold, you can move off him. Congratulations. Very happy for you. Thanks. And then Deontay Foreman, no longer uh, with the team as well, but I think they're just fine with that. Yeah. So, Voss, talk to me about your Panthers, man. How are we feeling? I got to tell you, man, this is like the year that I've been the most excited in a long time for the Panthers. Oh, boy. You know, oh, I mean, boy. it's. it's I, I'm not saying like my expectations are through the roof. I mean, we're being led by a rookie quarterback. I can't, I got to be realistic with myself here, but I think it, it's just an exciting time because like the defense is just so talented. Uh, and, you know, everybody's kind of looking towards the offense and everything that the Panthers have added this offseason, but the defense is what powered them last year. They, they're the ones who made. Sam Darnold actually win games. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, like, I'm just so excited. Like, Shy Tuttle, great. Derek Brown had a, had a breakout year last year. I mean, like, everybody was like, you know, he was teetering towards, like, this might be a bust. And then he just explodes last year. Um, Brian Burns is good, as always. Shaq Thomas, amazing. Uh, Von Bell, as you mentioned. JC Horn, hammering. Love him. Uh, you know, it's just a really talented defense. Um, really talented secondary. Um, pretty much has talent on all three levels. That's kind of what I'm most personally excited about. Uh, but of course, the offense. Um, I think Miles Sanders is a great ad for what they want. Um, obviously, anything is better than the committee backfield that they had last year. Major respect to Foreman for filling in the way he did. He did very strong performance. Yeah. yeah. No, no complaints there. Yeah. But obviously, when you think of number one running backs, you don't think of Deonta Foreman. Uh, sure. You go and sign Miles Sanders, who had a career resurrection year last year. So I really like yeah, the pick, uh, pick up. Um, and I really do like Adam Thielen for a rookie quarterback because the man's going to catch balls. He hardly drops anything. He's going to run the right routes. Uh, kind of that perfect person to set there. And I think that overall, I mean, the uh, you know, wide receiving corp is really good for a first-year quarterback coming in. I mean, you got talent at tight end. You got Hayden Hurst. You got Ian Thomas. You got DJ Shark, hopefully. You know, I don't know what his status will end up being. Uh, everybody's huge on Chanel. I'm still waiting to see. <laughs> hopefully. Hey, hey, I'll tell you what, what's going to happen with Chanel. Hey, you, you, know, you remember Naeem Hines? Yep. Chanel between the tackles, baby. A Gosh. Frank Reich special. Yeah, right he in probably the red will. Zone. You're oh, probably yeah. completely it's correct. It's happening. It is You're happening. Probably, <laughs> probably completely correct. Um, and you know, I I'm a I'm a believer in Terrace Marshall. I think he's I he can too. he can still develop into you know something great. He showed signs last year, so I'm actually really yes. happy with his progress. Um. But of course, that all everything that I just said completely excluded the offensive line. Um, <laughs> oh, so, I was going to bring it up if you didn't. Uh, so um, hammered to to save myself from it. I'll just let you go into the offensive line. Bryce Young has been hammered in the preseason. I mean, just absolutely destroyed Voss. I mean, it's just. I mean, I, I'm scared for him. <laughs> I'm scared for him, honestly. And and it's not like they, they have garbage. Like they no. have guys that can perform and they just flat out just didn't in the preseason. I don't no. know if it's just Bryce Young not knowing protections or if they are truly just this bad. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. You need your guys to show up for him. Taylor Moden, you pay these guys. They need to show up. Otherwise, because Bryce Young, uh, I'm going to use a Caleb Caleb Lynn word, looks frail out there. <laughs> he looks frail, man. He looks very small. I, I'm not saying size is everything, but he has no beef like to his body. Like I at least like feel like Kyler yep. Murray like has like some build to his he small does. frame, but he Bryce does. Young has like zero. He looks yep. like he still did in college. I watched QB one on Tubi. I watched his season. He looks the exact <laughs> same. <laughs> the exact same when he was at modern modern day. I uh, so to, to to speak on Bryce Young, um, you could probably ask you know anybody that I've talked to whatever 
in regards to like you know, power five teams and whatnot. I've just, I've never been huge on Alabama quarterbacks and that's for plenty of reasons. I mean, obviously the track record's there. There's hardly ever Alabama quarterback that actually translates well to the, to the NFL. And a lot of that is because of how much talent they have around them to the point where it's just literally unfair. I mean, like you have the best O-line, you have the best wide receivers. You're able to basically throw it up in the air and somebody's going to catch it. Um, so that is always, you know, I've always kept that in mind. But, you know, as we're leading up to the drafts, I really talked myself into Bryce Young. Um, and I, I do think he has all the talent and skills to be able to do, you know, be a great quarterback. Um, but as you said, I, I am a little bit, little bit worried about the frame. I've always been worried about the frame. And honestly, I think it's very similar to Tua coming out, you know, uh, oh, okay. when he was coming out of Alabama, he also had, you know, kind of a slimmer frame. Uh, I'd say he's definitely stockier now. He's definitely put on some, you know, some oh, yeah. muscle and weight and stuff like that. But coming out, you know, that's kind of what made him so fragile, at least in my opinion, not excluding the head stuff. He was obviously fragile uh, in college. He dealt with quite a few injuries. Um, I think kind of that frailness is something that is fairly reasonable to worry about, especially with the O-line playing like it has. Um, hopefully nothing happens. You know, hopefully they can kind of get it together. Um, I wouldn't say it's uncommon for a rookie quarterback to, you know, look the way he does. Uh, you just got to put in the work. So, I mean, hopefully by year two, year three, he's a little bit more jacked. We'll see. Uh, but better hope um, so. <laughs> better hope so. But I'm still excited for sure. No, I, and you should be. I mean, yeah, like you said, Chark, Marshall, um, you know, Thielen, Chanel, Mingo. Uh, Tommy Tremble, who I still believe in. I still believe in Tommy Tremble. I think he can oh. be, you know, something solid. I love me um, some Tommy Tremble. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I I like him too. I'm being I'm being sincere with that. I like Tommy Tremble. Um, I got high hopes for Mingo. Something about Ole Miss and LSU receivers. I just I I, I know for a fact, like most most of the time, if you draft one, like they're going to be good. Like time is fleeting on Terrace Marshall, uh, who I really believed in. I wanted the Colts to draft, um, yeah. but I like Mingo a lot. Uh, I think, I Mingo think he can, great. yeah, and and he might if Chark is you know lost for the season. Hopefully not. If he is, Mingo has a a great opportunity to step in there and and yeah. really make some noise uh, for for this team. Um, I mean, the defense. I'm just as excited on for the defense. Uh, did did am I seeing this right, boss? Jeremy Chin is switching the corner. Um, yeah, um, I actually, okay. I, haven't, I haven't completely read up on that, honestly. Okay. Um, Cause right now the Panthers haven't listed as the, the starting yeah. nickel corner. I did. I did notice that. Um, so I think that's something to watch. I mean, I obviously signing Von Bell, you know, kind of puts you in a predicament. I mean, Jeremy Chin is, I think he, he's an underrated safety. He's a good safety. Uh, but I mean, if you can get Von Bell, I mean, you kind of got to do it. I mean, he's uh, yeah. a vet. He's been yeah. to the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, <laughs> you, you got to do it. I, I really like the secondary. Um, I think I mean, I'm looking for J.C. Horn to take a step, too. Yeah. Um, just to, you know, chip in about uh, Jeremy Chin, you know, like, heading, you know, in 20, 2023 already, um, you know, he was like, pretty much a jack of all trades. Like he, he was getting uh, snaps at linebacker, corner, safety, <laughs> nickel. Like he played literally all of it. Uh, so, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm sure that that's kind of the direction they'll take this year too. Just kind of use him as the jack of all trades, put him wherever and he'll probably do whatever. So I'm sure his positional, you know, they obviously have to put something in for his position. Maybe that's just kind of what they're doing there. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's certainly possible. I mean, I, you gotta you gotta find a way to get him in there. I mean, he yeah, can be a game changer. He, I mean, he yeah. he lays the wood. He like you said, he does everything. I mean, I I don't see a ton of weaknesses with this defense. Um, I really like it. Um, I think it's up there with the Saints. It might even be a, a hair better than the Saints. Um, yeah. I mean, that's up for debate. 
It's very, very close. Very, very close. But I would definitely like to see J.C. Horn take a step, especially, you know, in that draft class. It was so corner heavy. Um, obviously, we know what Patrick Sertan is doing. I mean, a lot of him, a lot, you know, they can a lot of people consider him a top five corner already. Yeah. Um, Asante Samuel Jr. is getting better. He really showed out in that pre, in that playoff game um, against Jacksonville. I know they lost, but I mean, he he had a couple interceptions. Um, I think he he's going to be even better this year. I think Horn needs to do the same. Um, not that I think he's in danger of you know losing a spot or being cut or anything, but I think it's I think it's time to to put together a season. You know, as long as he can stay healthy. Um, yeah, we're 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 talking about JC Horn as one of the best corners in the league now. Yeah, I mean I agree with that. Health is obviously the key thing with him. So um hopefully we can deliver again. All right, boss. So we've talked about all the teams. I need division predictions. I don't need records. I don't need records, but I need four through one. Let me hear. All right. Four through one. We'll start with four. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Easy. I, I don't even have to think twice about that. Um, three, three through one is a little bit more difficult. Truthfully. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this is probably the hardest one we've done this season. I mean, I'm not even going to lie. Well, I don't know. AFC uh, North was kind of hard. I think, I think I'm going to roll with the Falcons at three, Panthers at two, and Saints at one. Oh, interesting. interesting. Um, and just for like a little like justification, um, I feel all three of these teams could easily be competing for that freaking divisional playoff spot. Oh, um, certainly. At the end of the certainly. year, I think it could be a very tight race to the finish. Um, so really, you know, it, it's not about necessarily who's going to be better. I think they're all very on the similar playing field. I just think that the Falcons have just a little bit less talent to work with, um, at least currently, that we've been able to see. Maybe Desmond Ritter does explode and have a great season, uh, and that completely changes things. But looking at things right now, I feel like the Falcons are are number three. Um, I think the talent, offensive and defensively, the Panthers have put them at a two, and I think the Saints just have a little bit more on offense with Derek Carr being an already established quarterback um, and a great you know set of set of talent on both sides of the ball. So I'll give I'll give the Saints the edge for now. Okay. Well, my prediction is for Tampa Bay. Consensus on that. <laughs> uh, I am going to say I'm going to say Carolina three, Atlanta two, Saints one. Um, I think that they did. I think the Falcons have had a little bit more time to prepare. Um, I like the offensive line better than the Panthers. Um, I, and I like the weapons more in Atlanta. Uh, but I mean, I, it could go either way and I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, that, that division always seemed, you know, before Tom Brady was there, it always seemed to go down to the wire at times. Yeah. It it was, it was crazy, crazy times. And we, we could see that again for, you know, the next, I don't know, maybe five years before Derek Carr's out, you know? I, yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I mean, it's great Sunday ticket teams. Great Sunday yeah. ticket teams. And like, I you know, that's it. what I was saying. Like for the longest time, we had the NFC South had Cam Newton at his peak, had Drew Brees still on the edge of his peak and Matt Ryan at his peak all at the same yeah. time, Yeah, which made for an insane conference uh, showdown. Oh, yeah. Every single oh, yeah. year. Every single year. Yeah, they were always fun to watch. Um, I wouldn't say they're as fun to watch ne- like today. Yeah, but no. if you're a fo- <laughs> it, like, but if you're a football fan, like there are plenty of guys that you want to watch play on these teams. I want to see what B. John Robinson can do. I want to see the hype's real. Duh. I mean, I want to watch Kyle Pitts, you know, Ridley. I want to see what Bryce Young's able. I mean, he's the number one pick. I mean, there's gotta be something there. Absolutely. Well, Voss. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Uh, it's a pleasure. We'll have to have you on sometime during the season. Definitely yeah. during playoff time. Yeah, we love we love talking playoffs. That's always fun. Uh, but we'll be back next week. Um, I believe we are going to have Zach Griffith on as well as Caleb will be back next week for the NFC East. 
And let me tell you, folks, I'm going to preface it with this. I know for a fact, and I'm not even talking about myself. There are going to be some takes that are going to fly in this pod. And it's going to get wild. Uh, I think it, it it has a chance to be our most intense uh, NFL preview of the year. Because um, I, I know I have a lot to say. I know Caleb has a lot to say. And I know Zach is going to be on here trying to defend <laughs> his Cowboys. So don't miss that. Um, I believe Circle City Cinema is coming back. I think Zach is going to do some Ahsoka uh, recaps. He's going to go solo on those. Um, he was telling me today, so very excited for that. So uh, when that comes out, uh, make sure you guys go check that out. Uh, but once again, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> <laughs>